Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. My name's Rafael Cornell. And uh, I'm Christian Sanchez. Today, we will be talking about science fiction, capitalism, and Afrofuturism. So, today, we're going to be discussing um, Last Laugh. By a cat, I forgot it. I don't know how to say it. Kafka, Kafka, and we're also going to be reviewing the token superhero as well as evidence by Alexis Paulina. So, I think we're going to start off by talking about a token superhero and we're going to kind of like compare it to. The winter, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, Christian, you said you wanted to talk about, you, you told me how you wanted to talk about how the token superhero is similar to uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You want to start talking about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, to quickly describe the token superhero, it's about a, um, black male named Alonzo Ramey, uh, or black teen technically, um, who's who's given a special gene, uh, which uh, several other people in this uh, world that they live in, uh, which grants them superhero powers, or superpowers, I mean. Um, but pretty much, since he's a uh, uh, black male, uh, they kind of just put him on the sidelines and everything. But at some point, um, he was uh, like, "What do you mean by sidelines? Like they're like constantly like making fun of him, or like... um, well, pretty much since uh, how do I how do I put this into words? Um, or is he just like kind of like he's just uh, since he's bash? a person of color, people fear them because they could just use that power to like rise up against like uh, well, you know." Everyone is just undermining them and everything. And, um, oh, right, right. Yeah. So they're just afraid. So they just kind of like do nothing with them, all that. Um, but at some point, he gets uh, put into a team called the Team Justice Force. But he was also given a pretty uh, ridiculous name, which was Black Fist. He, he had, nothing, had nothing to do with. His his powers had nothing to do with using his fists at all. I mean, he obviously uses them in the fight, but like, there's no like significant power within them. He was just simply called Black Fist because just for his skin color. Yeah, right. So that's actually ridiculous. So that like so it's basically showing racism just because he's black, and they're like, oh, we're gonna call you Black Fist because you're black. Yeah, that's honestly rid- ridiculous. Yeah. And so, for a good while, I mean, uh, the other team members, because he was technically the leader of the group, um, they've, they've been given uh, opportunities with, like, businesses, like, marketing deals, all that, uh, making comic books, action figures, all that, but none of them came to uh, to Alonzo at all. He was just there. That's it. I think I read a quote which said Alonso's career in the Teen Justice Force was perfectly fine 
although he was the only member without his own comic book or endorsement deal. So he was the leader, but he never got any, like, he wasn't, like, put out there. He wasn't, like, they didn't make a comic book. The media wasn't talking about him, even though he was the leader. So, like, what's that to say about these outlets? Like, why are they not covering him? Which, you know, know, he's supposed to be the main person. He's not the background character. I mean, ah, I don't know. And so, um, later on in his 20s, if I remember, he's, uh, he gets accepted into a new superhero team, which I forgot which was called. Um, let me, let me check. Oh, you know what? Just save time. He was just. He became part of a big superhero team in his twenties, um, but by that time he kind kind of got, grew. He was just annoyed by the fact that he was still being sidelined, and so he's like, "All right, I'm gonna just change my outfit, whatever, change my name, all that." So Alonso, wait, so from the Justice League, he went to another major superhero group, so he kind of like switched, or what? What happened there? Um, pretty. I mean, it's because he was uh, getting older and everything. Because again, the previous group was the Teen Justice, um, right? So he, since he's no longer a teenager, he gets invited to a new group, which was like a much more bigger group and everything. And in this new group, did the nickname still like kind of like like did it stick with him? Were people? Uh, his, he did not stick with the nickname. No. Um, he named it something differently uh again i haven't read the story in a good while i'm still looking back on my notes but uh pretty much yeah he changed his name his superhero outfit but due to that um several superheroes and cops were actually mistaking him for a a supervillain for no reason at all Uh, other again for being uh black um there was even at one point in the story when he gets shot at by uh, the police. If he were to like not have bulletproof skin and everything, he probably would have just died on the spot. So like we kind of like have the narr- like the real life narrative where black people are basically harassed by the police in this uh, fictional book. It kind of makes a comparison to real life. Hmm. Mm. So now, how does how does this this story relate to uh Cap to uh, I mean the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? So in a scene in one of the episodes, I think midway through the series, there's a small little argument that's happening. Well, I mean, right after they meet with a, a spe- this is all in the same episode, by the way. They meet up with a person that one of the main characters knew who back in World War II was a black super soldier just like Steve Rogers aka Captain America but here's the thing since he was black they were he was treated way differently he was put into jail for decades just because he had super soldiers here and he saved his comrades while Steve he, he lived a good life and everything he's still out free 
well, by the time that episode got around, because uh, the series takes place after Endgame and everything. But yeah, that's off topic. But pretty much, uh, they got into a small argument because no one knew about his existence. Like, not a single soul. So, technically, he was only known during the World War II era. And after that, after he was basically put in... Well, not basically, he was put in prison. It was just kind of, like, forgotten about. Yeah. He was even... He even had a wife during World War II. Um, or, I guess, the era during World War II. When she was sending letters to him pretty much almost every day. But uh, none of them gave him uh, the letters while he was in prison at all. He was just waiting there. Until she passed away without him, without knowing, so he just grew old, alone, everything. Um, but yeah, really, the only people who knew about his existence were the people he saved and the people who locked him up, and that's it. Not a single being. So, yeah, there there could have uh, been two Captain Americas if you think about it, but since again he was black, they they didn't want him to be and so this leads into a small argument between sam aka falcon and bucky aka the winter soldier when sam's like asking why did no one know about this guy we, we should we, yeah we should have been taught this and everything but uh he had a the guy pretty much the super soldier the black super soldier um He's just been in hiding for a good while because if they were to find out that he's still out there, then they'd probably lock him up for even more more years. Right. Um, so then a few cop cars come up and they kind of just want to stop the fight between... Well, not fight, I guess argument between um, Sam and Bucky. But they're like, no, 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 we're just talking, we're just talking. But they just kept on insisting and just pushing Sam away. Which, which, uh, everyone, the audience who was watching, they're like, okay, yeah, we could, yeah, we could see what's happening here. This is just white privilege. And, and, and I wanted to add something because I heard too that the show, in a way, it's not obvious. I mean, it's not like they are obviously racist, but you can still notice that people are like questioning, like, oh, you're the new, you know, um, Captain America, like. And the Falcon at the same time, meaning like people were not like like happy with seeing somebody who's black being the next Captain America. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's was something they they mentioned on the final episode too because I th- during the first episode he he was just struggling because the original Captain America Steve Rogers gave him the shield to take up the mantle of Captain America. But he thought he wasn't worthy enough. He was like, you know what? Okay, this belongs in a museum. Not there. There should only be one Captain America, and that's it. Steve Rogers is the definitive Captain America. But um, soon after and everything, they gave the shield to uh someone else to take up the mantle, which was a white male called John Walker, and it well, yeah. Instead of asking Falcon to be like, oh, so you're going to be the next Captain America, right? Uh, they just wanted the shield back, pretending it was going to go into a museum, and instantly give it to another person. 
So technically, they didn't really respect the Falcons' a wish for the shield to just be like put in a museum. They decided, oh no, you know what? We don't care. We're just gonna still be making more Captain America, but just with a white male still playing Captain America. Yeah, and nobody, much. nobody said anything. Like nobody like cared because obviously the the I don't want to sound racist, but. They don't care because the person who's playing now Captain America is white again. But they made yeah. a big deal when it was the Falcon just because he's black. And not to mention that they're like, oh, we're already associating you with like being the Falcon. And there's even like a small little part in like the same episode I was talking about earlier. When they were walking down the street to meet the uh, the guy, the Black super soldier, pretty much like, oh, are you the Black Falcon? And he's like, who told you I'm the Black Falcon? He's like, I, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's just the Falcon, not the Black Falcon. And he even made the joke, like, wait, you think I'm, uh, I'm the Black Falcon because I'm black? And uh, the kid responded with, yeah. And I was like, so are you just black kid? Yeah. <laughs> I myself kind of felt like I kind of blame myself too because. When the when I remember when Endgame finished, Captain America game the shield. I was like, wait, but like, how is he gonna be two char- uh, characters at the same time? How is he gonna be the Falcon and and Captain America at the same time? But then again, I never thought of like him just like oh, just leaving his post as being Falcon, just becoming Captain America and somebody. Because then again, I'm pretty sure he could have just given the title fal- um the Falcon to somebody else, and you could just take in Captain America, right? Hmm. I didn't really think of that, but I, I, you know, I, don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I think we pretty much discussed everything. We see the same kind of like correlations happening between both the token superhero and Cap, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, how they're both kind of like looked down upon for being black. Uh, like, they don't really deserve to get much attention just because of their skin color. Because we still have that kind of, like, racism rooted in 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 our media. But, um... I think I wanted to discuss, um... Which code was it? Was it... Kafka. I think it was... Yeah, Kafka's Last Laugh. So, also earlier in the unit, we... We were, we were reading this this um story which pretty much talks about a I don't remember if she was a colored person was she but um I... she's Puerto Rican oh yeah Fernandez right and how basically when they were all her and a bunch of other people were protesting at Wall Street against like the unjust kind of like things that all these cap like these capitalist uh big giants uh are like kind of abusing what's it called basically pretty much you know they're in power so they get to do anything they want right and when these people rebelled against you know capitalism they immediately, you know, called for the cops. Uh, they put all these people, you know, in jail, took, took them to court, and then they kind of like, instead of, you know, seeing them as just protesters, 
they kind of just treated them as terrorists for, you know, overcrowding that area where Wall Street was and putting them in prisons, which basically, instead of just being normal person, it was a person where they taught them to kind of respect capitalism and, you know, just like see capitalism as just being something normal. And the funny thing is these prisons were funded by the same capitalist giants like Target, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, all those companies to basically have them kind of like poison them with the idea that they have to be like, be based off the idea of how capitalism wants to see a person. Be like morally attracted to capitalism. And so basically, obviously at the end of the story, we have her and other prisoners kind of fight capitalism through through laughter. Because now, now the cops can't really do anything, right? They, they're just like laughing nonstop. And the prisoners are not listening. So I'm like, basically for me, the moral of this story was that even in prison and even though this capitalist system was forcing them to accept capitalism. These people still found a way to fight off capitalism. So I think the moral of the story was just them not letting their ideals be basically oppressed by capitalism. That's how I understood the last laugh because honestly I think this story in a way was kind of hard to grasp but I think I just like I think I understood it as capitalism forcing their ideas forcing their concepts onto people I don't know what how you understood the text did you read it as well like how did you understand that text well I did read it um I never really understood it all that well um but, I mean, pretty much the main idea is, like, oh, okay, so they're kind of just enforcing capitalism into their brains with, like, uh, uh, a, a serum of sorts. Uh, pretty much just changing their mind and everything, making them do whatever they want. Kind of like a sheep. But, um, like, what the title suggests, pretty much they, 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 each time they laugh after, like, realizing how dumb it is and everything, that's what pretty much cures them from the, the injection they were given. Hence the right. title, uh, that last laugh. Because I'm like, oh, well, that, this is kind of dumb. This is kind of funny. Yeah, for me, the biggest... Because like... even if they're trying to change their minds the whole time, they still knew what was going on either way. Yeah, yeah. Kind of gives me, like, the giver vibes. How Ron is kind of like fought against. Well, he didn't know at the beginning, but later on, as he like started like learning more and more, started fighting that same like type of system that kept the people like silent and quiet. I mean, I don't know how it's related, but I just kind of see it as like somebody fighting and standing up for what they believe, and like basically like you do what you want to do. You don't listen to others. Especially if they're forcing it onto you, right? Great. Um, which also takes me to um evidence 
which was also really confusing for me. But I think I kind of get the concept now. Like, I kind of understood it as, like, being, like, a better future where, ca- where capitalism doesn't play, you know, doesn't play a role anymore. Like, they're far into the future. Capitalism's not really a thing anymore. The world is better. But they still have problems because obviously, even though capitalism's gone, there's still problems are still going to be present. You can't change that. Yeah. But looking at the, at this point, regard uh, regardless of having these problems, the world is still better off than it was. Uh, going back to how the story is basically basing the past on basically our present it's still better off they 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 obviously have more progress they have more freedom of speech there's no more sexual abuse so yeah that's how i i understood that reading I don't know what else to say about it. Except for basically seeing it as like a society that built... This is more or less like a functioning society. Yeah, kind of like utopian, but not really. Because like, you know how it said that Everything started changing after, like the the breaking silence era or something like that, where people like got kind of like fed up, and they just you know they started basically doing everything in their power to fight up, to fight for like a change because they were just like they were done with everything you know they they just got fed up, and after that, basically people started building the pillars to have the society that they well they have right now in in this story. So yeah. So I think we pretty much covered every well pretty much all the three readings I think that we were supposed to cover. Plus yeah. we talked about how Cap Cap Captain not Captain okay, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and we also kind of like talked about how police br- police brutality still somewhat plays a role because that's something big in real life where we have police brutality. And that obviously, you know, you can't forget that. You have to add it to basically, you know, show that this is obviously a problem that cannot be ignored. So that's why we see it here. We see it in the Winter Soldier we see that cops abuse their power and basically the all these stories all these shows are bringing it bringing uh this to attention so i think we're pretty much done um thank you guys for listening and peace out <laughs>